Find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Welcome to the Brutal, Bizarre, and Boozy podcast. I'm Declan, the son. And I'm Jane, the mom. This is the podcast where we talk about brutal crimes, bizarre occurrences, and get you drunk with cocktails themed around one of our stories. To lighten things up, we'd like to end our time with a chaser. Please keep in mind some of our stories might be upsetting to young or sensitive ears. We love hearing from our listeners, so feel free to contact us by email or social media. You can find our contact info in the show notes for this episode. If you'd like to support us through Patreon, you can find us there at Brutal, Bazaar, and Boozy Podcast, or use the link in our show notes. Hi, I'm Molly. And I'm Abigail. We're sisters. And we believe in ghosts. Welcome to Supernatural Sisters, a podcast all about ghostly encounters, bone-chilling monsters, and basically anything that goes bump in the night. Each week, we talk about a haunted place, a legendary monster, or a story that sends shivers down our spine. And maybe we'll talk about the pottery scene from Ghost. He's not a ghost in that scene. There are other parts of that movie where he's a ghost. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts. And remember, we, we believe, believe you. you. We can talk about today. Well, I'm going to be telling you about a story that was recently back in the news. It happened a while ago, but, and it was solved and everything, uh, but it's back in the news because the, uh, one of the people got charged again and resentenced. So Mm -hmm. the story is about Heather Mack and, her mom, Sheila Von Weiss-Mack. Heather was recently in the, like, in January of 2024, resentenced. So I'll talk about that. What are you going to be telling us about? I'm going to be talking about... uh, (laughs) It's called... It's a German. You'll see. It's super confusing. Oh. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah. I'm already confused because yeah, I don't know how to. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So to go with this, I have the Division Bell cocktail. Division Bell. Hmm. Interesting. Yes. Interesting One ounce name. Of mezcal. I used Rip Passato because that's what I had. I know okay. it's not the same, but they're close. Uh, three quarters ounce of Aperol. Uh, one quarter ounce maraschino liqueur. And three quarter ounce lime juice. Garnish with a grapefruit twist. Sounds pretty good. I mean, it's I so think pretty. I would like it if it put mezcal in it, but. It's really pretty. All right. We'll see. Let's try it. Oh, it's strong. Oh. Oh. It's not bad. I kind of like it. Okay. I like the maraschino in there. That's good. (laughs) Did you use maraschino juice or did you use maraschino liqueur? Uh, I have like these fancy cocktail cherries that are in liqueur, so I use that. Oh, okay. I think okay. that's the right thing, right? Or is that juice? Well, 
I used sure Luxardo. I used Luxardo um, liqueur. And mm. that is, in my opinion, garbage. I have not found a good way to use it. I bought it. It's this big, tall bottle. It's super cool and fancy looking, but I have yet to find a good recipe to go with it. So if any of our listeners out there know a great way to use it, please let me know. I bought it to make fancy cherries with. Mm. And the cherries turned out great. Like I took fresh pitted cherries. This was last summer. I pitted the cherries. I basically made, um, you know, drink cherries with them. And those are good because they taste like cherries. But Luxardo tastes terrible. And that's all I can taste when I drink that. I'm not a fan. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> the tequila doesn't cut it. Maybe if it was mezcal, it would be better. I don't know. I don't, I'm not a huge then, fan of mezcal, though. It's smoky with the mezcal. So um, I, I won't be making this drink again. But if somebody could tell me how to use my Luxardo in a drink and not have it taste like garbage, please, please reach out to me and let me know. I want to use this, this bottle for something other than cooking cherries in. Because I've got a big old thing of maraschino cherries. That, like, they're not maraschino. They're like cocktail cherries that are in liqueur, I think. But, like, yeah. I don't know how to use them. I don't know what to put them in. Like, they taste... Garnish. Okay, but... Yeah. Okay. 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 So, so how does this about... drink tie to your story? You're about to find out. Okay. So, this thing has multiple names, so... We'll just get into it. So as I mentioned in the Mussolini UFO episode, it was believed that the Nazis had developed technology that recreated a crashed UFO. Today's story is a continuation on that topic. Igor okay. Witkowski was a Polish author and researcher, and in 2000 he dropped a book called Prawda und Wonderwaffe. The truth. Oh, good job. Translates into English the truth about the wonder weapon. Igor started his career as a military journalist and lined his book with a lot of his contacts from several different countries, uh, military leaders, like military personnel from like all over the world. In the book, Igor wrote about some of the Nazi development technology that was more intriguing than the others. The De Glocker. Or the bell. Oh, the bell. The Liberty bell. Okay. Yeah, translates to the bell. I'm just gonna call it the bell because okay, the other word is hard to say. But <laughs> yeah, and we're not German. This so. object. 
This object was described as an anti-gravity machine able to bend time and space. What? Yeah. Bell was 12 feet tall, 9 feet wide, made of 3 inch thick, uh, like, softer metal material. It, like, it was made out of some weird material that they had. Inside sat two cylinders filled with a purple metallic fluid that rotated opposite one of another. The fluid was called Zerum 525, but it was also known as red mercury, which was highly radioactive. Oh, okay. Uh, while the creator of the bell is unknown, it is speculated that Werner uh, Heisenberg was responsible under the advisory of SS officer Hans Ka uh, Hans Kammler. That's a that's not how they say it in German, but that's Kammler, I think. It's all right. Werner was the head of the Nazi uh, atomic bomb projects, which at the time was very sophisticated. So it's not hard to believe that he was developing other weapons too. According to military officials, a major of the scientists, uh, according to military officials, a majority of the scientists working on the bell died of severe radiation poisoning, and the other ones that didn't were rounded up by SS and killed after the war. Well, of course they had radiation poisoning. Yeah, they didn't. They're working with really pay attention. Radioactive mercury. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The bell was stored in a makeshift henge, like Stonehenge. Oh, it okay. It looks okay. like Stonehenge, like, but it's made out of concrete instead of stone. So it's like this weird circular. It. It's not exactly like a recreation, a recreation of Stonehenge, mm -hmm. but it's like pillars with stones up above them. Um, why? It's just what they held it in because okay. it needed to be like chained down. There's some significance to the henge, but I couldn't find huh. much information on it. Weird. The SS officers moved the bell to the hidden location right before the Russian army took over the place it was being stored at. Hmm. While not, not much known as while not much is known about the bell after the war, it is speculated that one crashed near Kecksburg, Pennsylvania. Oh. On December 9th, 1965, a large object was seen by thousands across six different states and some places in Canada. It was reported that a purple fireball about the size of the bell could be seen plummeting to the earth. Small metal pieces could be found all through its path, creating small grass fires in its wake. The U.S. Army was the first on scene after a wave of reports came in. However, they hid what they found until years later. Almost 40 years to be exact. After the wow. crash, NASA released information claiming that they did indeed find something in those woods outside Kecksburg. It was reported that the object was mechanical and came from space without much other information. At the crash site, a monument was erected depicting the object, and since this story included the bell, it's safe to assume that the reason they put a bell-shaped monument at the site is... <laughs> Because uh -huh. it's the bell. And it's not mm. like a liberty bell. It's just like a giant 
right. stone that's curved carved into the shape of a bow. Okay. Yeah. That's the monument. Mm-hmm. Wow. Where's the monument again? Hexburg, Pennsylvania. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Super weird. Yeah. That's wild. I told you before we started, this was going to be a weird episode. (laughs) Or a weird story. It was kind of a stretch. It is a weird story. Okay, well, are you ready for my story that's been updated? Yes. Okay, so this is about Heather Mack. She was born in October 1995. Her father was a recognized jazz musician and composer named James Mack. Her mother was Sheila Ann Von Weiss. She grew up in Oak Park, Illinois, and it was reported that Heather and her mother had a rocky relationship, even from an early age. From the time that Heather was nine until she was 18, the police were called to the home for disputes between the mother and daughter on over 80 occasions. In nine years. That's a lot. That is a Jesus. That's like that's that's like it's almost, almost ten a year. Ten a year, yeah. <laughs> I mean, almost every yeah. month, basically. The arguments often involved violence and sometimes included reports of theft, meaning that they the theft often was the mom saying that Heather had stolen from her, and not just like she stole my whatever you know sometimes it was like she stole a thousand dollars that was one of the complaints um yeah heather was often the aggressor having broken sheila's arm on one occasion and biting her on another occasion biting her in the arm uh that incident um you know was one of them but apparently the abuse was reported both ways. So sometimes it was reported that Sheila was physically harming Heather. And needless to say, they didn't have a great relationship as a result of all of these things. The arguments often involved violence and sometimes included, oh, I said that already. You're going to have to edit that out. Where am I? In fact, at one point, Sheila told a detective that she feared her daughter would kill her. In 2006, Heather's dad died suddenly while on a family vacation in Greece. About five years later, there was a court settlement that had awarded Sheila over $300,000 and an additional $500,000 to James's estate from a lawsuit filed against Royal Caribbean Cruise Line. So years before the family had gone on a cruise, James had injured himself didn't receive proper medical care and sued the cruise line. It took several years, but eventually he was awarded this money, but he had already died. So 300,000 went to Sheila and 500,000 went to an estate in his name, which was supposed to go to his daughter, Heather. Yeah. Um, didn't give it to her. Well, it went to 
like they decided that, I mean, she was a little kid. She was like nine or something at the time. And so instead of giving the money to Heather, they gave it to Sheila as well. So Sheila ended up with over $800,000 as a result of this lawsuit. When Heather was a senior in high school, she met and started dating Tommy Schaefer. Sheila didn't approve of the relationship and attempted to put some distance between the couple by moving them. So Sheila and Heather, Sheila packed up their stuff, moved them about a half an hour away to another suburb of Chicago, but it didn't stop Heather and Tommy. They were still getting together. In fact, Heather got pregnant with Tommy's child multiple times. Two of those times it was reported that the pregnancy were ended in abortion at the insistence of Sheila, the mom, and a third pregnancy occurred in the middle of 2014. Sheila had begun proceedings to get awarded power of attorney over Heather so that she could have the pregnancy also aborted on that occasion. Before that could happen, though, Sheila took Heather on an extravagant trip to Bali in the August of 2014. And not just like, oh, we're going to go on vacation. They flew first class. They stayed at a five-star resort. Um, it, was a, it was a nice vacation. She, Sheila's sister later claimed that Sheila thought this trip could be a fresh start for the mother and daughter, but Sheila didn't know that Heather had been plotting something for months. Without her mother's knowledge, Heather stole Sheila's credit card and purchased a $12,000 plane ticket for Tommy, her boyfriend, to join them in Bali. Well, Sheila was surprised. Yes, $12,000. I didn't know plane tickets. What did she get first? Like, like so it was, it was listed. It was listed as a business class ticket, not first class, but it still cost $12,000 probably because I think it was purchased at, at a late time. Like, I don't know if it was at the gate or something. It might've been like a last minute purchase. I'm honestly not sure, but that might explain why it was so expensive. But yeah, twelve thousand dollars, not cheap. Twelve grand, not twelve hundred, right? Correct. Twelve comma zero zero zero. Twelve thousand dollars. Yep. Sheila was surprised by the sudden appearance of Tommy. Imagine that. They were all seen having an argument, Sheila, Heather, and Tommy, in the lobby of the hotel in the early morning hours just a few hours after Tommy had arrived on the plane. So he shows up, a argument develops and it's caught on the camera of the hotel. Shortly after the argument, uh, Sheila went to bed. Heather though, let Tommy into the room that she shared with her mother while Sheila was sleeping. Tommy struck Sheila repeatedly about the head and face with the metal handle of a fruit bowl and killed her. Jesus. Yeah. She didn't die immediately, immediately, though. She suffered multiple fractures to her face and head, resulting in an obstructed airway that would have caused some level of choking on her own blood. 
Needing to hide Sheila, Tommy and Heather stuffed her body into a suitcase. Because, oh my gosh, your last story, somebody got stuffed in a suitcase too, huh? <laughs> what is wrong with... Okay, let's stop stuffing bodies in suitcases, like, please. Yeah, people like stuffing bodies in a suitcase, I guess. Ugh, I don't like that. You've done a couple of those. It's more convenient if there's a handle, so... Well, that's true. <laughs> and... I mean, people see suitcases all the time and probably don't think, oh, there might be a body in that one. It's less suspicious than a roll of carpet. (laughs) True. Good point. Good point. So the couple uh, then decided, you know, they needed to get out of the hotel. They called for a taxi and placed the suitcase in the trunk. They planned to check out of the hotel. However... Before Sheila had died, she told the hotel not to let her daughter use her credit card. So Heather wasn't allowed to charge anything to the room, use the card for anything. So when she wanted to check out, they said, no, you can't do that. Um, and they wouldn't let her check out. They had already put the, tr- the suitcase in the taxi, though. She just, uh, they're going to trap her there? What? well they were like you can't check out because in order to do that we have to apply all the charges and that's to your mom's credit card she has to be the one authorizing this and they said no we're not going to do that so they freaked out heather and tommy freaked out and took off but they already had put the suitcase in the taxi and so when they ran (laughs) off they left the suitcase that had sheila's body in it in the taxi the taxi yeah the taxi driver noticed blood on the case and thankfully he became suspicious and called the police yeah yeah of course you know they open it and they find ah crap there's a body in it a week later the couple was arrested for sheila's murder and several days after that officials confirmed that heather was pregnant Originally, their story was that robbers had broken in and killed Sheila. But a month after the killing, Tommy admitted to murdering Sheila. Heather admitted that she had helped dispose of the body in the suitcase. In January 2015, both of them were charged with premeditated murder, which could earn a death sentence by firing squad because they were in Indonesia. Which... It's kind of a cool way to go. I mean, it wouldn't be bad. Um, it'd be done quick and yeah, you know, it would kind of, eh, it would suck. I don't want to die by firing squad. During the murder investigation, it was discovered that Tommy had gotten some advice from his cousin, um, Robert Bibbs or Bobby Bibbs, on how to kill Sheila. <laughs> Heather had offered Tommy $50,000 to kill her mom. Jeez. Yeah. Tommy had then consulted his cousin. (laughs) Well, she figured, you know, my mom has all this money from the settlement of my dad's injury. I'm going to be a millionaire so I can spare 50,000 and pay my boyfriend to kill my mom. And then I can get my money right now. Yeah. Yeah, and Tommy wasn't sure what to do, so he asked his cousin, 
how to do the murder and and his cousin gave him some ideas um and he was later sentenced to 10 years um or i'm sorry he was sentenced later i can't remember how much it was i thought i wrote it down but i forgot um for being an accomplice even though he wasn't there but they had been talking about it so Tommy pled guilty to the murder, but Heather went to trial. She was like, no, I'm not pleading shit to this. Four months after officially being charged, Heather was sentenced to 10 years and Tommy was sentenced to 18 years. According to the judges, Heather was given a lighter sentence due to her child, a daughter named Stella, who was born in the middle of her trial. And in another, in other countries they let them keep the baby in the, in the jail. prison with them for a while. So I don't think we do that in the U S I mean, I could be wrong, but, uh, I think if it's Heather, a, like a camp, they let you do that. Like minor. Of like, yeah. If you're like blue collar, I think you get to keep the kid if for like a little bit. Well, like when it's born, I think you get like a month yeah. and then they take it. They let Heather raise Stella for two years in prison. Oh, shit. So, yeah, she was there for a while. After that, the daughter, um, after that, Hello, uh, Stella was placed in the custody of a woman that Heather had befriended while she was incarcerated. So she had a friend over there, and she had her friend raising her daughter after two years. Um, oh, here we go. The cousin... Back to the cousin. He was sentenced to nine years in prison in 2017 for conspiracy to commit foreign murder. Um, due to Sheila's death, Heather was initially the beneficiary of a large trust fund of $1.6 million. So she had some cashola. That's so that might be money, baby. Yeah, why she was like, ah, $50,000, I'll give it to my boyfriend. <laughs> Some of that money was used uh, for Heather's legal defense, and the remainder of it, which uh, ended up being awarded to Heather's daughter, Stella. Heather was released three years early from the Indonesian prison in October of 2021. She originally requested to stay in Indonesia with her daughter, who is now six years old, but both were deported back to the U.S., Upon arriving in the U.S., Heather was arrested on federal charges of conspiracy and obstruction. Yeah. She initially pleaded not guilty to these charges, but in June of 2023, she changed her plea to guilty on one count of conspiring to kill a U.S. national. Heather stated that she believed she had served her time for the crime while in Indonesia, and she didn't think she should be facing charges in the U.S. So she's like, I already did, you know, four years in prison, or I guess it was six years in prison. That I don't need to stay here anymore. I don't need to go to prison. But the U.S. said, uh, no. <laughs> what you did... Six years in prison is not acceptable for murdering your mom, planning mm -hmm. it, and then stuffing her in a suitcase. Mm -hmm. So the federal investigation found messages between Heather and Tommy from before the murder. They discussed how they were like the infamous couple, uh, Bonnie and Clyde, and they even called themselves by those names. 
they talked about ways to kill Sheila and about how much money Heather would inherit when her mother was dead. They seem to be egging each other on a lot in their plans. So, you know, like, oh, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And I want you to do this, that kind of stuff. So the, the most recent sentencing occurred January of this year, 2024, and she was sentenced to 26 years in prison. Federal sentencing requires that she serve at least 85% of her sentence before being eligible for parole. She could get credit for the two years she served already awaiting the sentence because she was arrested in 2021 and then uh, when she got back. So it's been a couple of years since she was waiting for the whole process to be done. If so, it would mean that she could spend at least 19 more years in prison for the murder of her mother. She was released. If she's released on that timeline, Heather could be out of prison before she's 50 years old because the whole thing happened while she was so young. Yeah. Tommy is still serving his sentence in Indonesia, but he has been indicted in the U.S. on conspiracy and obstruction charges. He will also likely be arrested once serving his sentence overseas because they plan to deport him back here. Um, The couple's daughter, Stella, who is now eight years old, told her court-appointed guardian that she didn't want to speak with her mother um, or be raised by her. She made this statement after Stella had learned from a therapist what Heather had done that caused her to be put in prison. So she didn't apparently really know why her mom was in prison. And now she does. And she's like, "Mm, oh, so mom killed grandma. Yeah, I don't want mom raising me. And Stella lives with a family member in Colorado. That is my story about Heather Mack and her most recent, uh, yeah, sentencing. That's got to be a shitty feeling as soon as you are done running away from the hotel and realize like, oh, fuck, we left a suitcase there. Right. Yeah. Well, you got to plan these things better. I mean, <laughs> true. have a plan. That's poor, poor execution on their part. Right. Right. So what's your chaser today? Oh, you going to go first or you want me to go first? I'll go first. Okay. So mine's a watch recommendation on Hulu. It's called Mm. Self-Reliance. Oh, yes. Made by uh, Jake Johnson, who's also the lead character in it. And it's, I don't want to spoil it, but the movie's basically this guy gets paid a bunch of money if he can complete this game where people are hunting him and trying to kill him. But they can't kill him if he's with another person. If he's alone, they can kill him. But if he's standing next to someone else, they can't. So... It's a it's a fun little movie. We've seen it. Dad yeah. and I watched it. I liked it. Dad and That's I didn't funny. watch it together. Dad watched it without me, 
and I came in at the end and I was like, I was waiting to watch that so we could watch it together. And he was like, oops. So I had to watch it without him. <laughs> nice. Yeah. What's your chaser? My chaser is also a watch recommendation. I um, am recommending the show The Leftovers on Max. And it's it's a show... I think it has three seasons to it, um, but the whole premise of the show is that on a specific day, I think it was like October 14th or September 14th or something, 2% of the world population just vanished, disappeared, no bodies, no explanation, no one knows where they went, no one knows why, no one knows how. And the show is about the people afterwards trying to come to terms with why people just randomly disappeared and some people were affected and some people weren't. And then there's, you know, a lot of cults that come out of it because people want to explain it and they want to say that, oh, you know, God did this or, oh, it wasn't God. It was, you know, whatever. Um, but it's a, it's a, cool little show it's a couple years old um but i really enjoyed it i thought it was a fun show to watch it was weird two percent vanishes that's i feel like i mean it is a lot of people but not two percent isn't really that much it's not a lot but one of the main characters of the show her son her daughter and her husband were sitting at a table and they all disappeared and so they were saying the odds of like one person having all of their family disappear is like astronomical and mm -hmm. you know why did it happen to her and um a lot of the people that are left behind kind of go off the rails and do some crazy shit and you know get into some hijinks and so it's a it's a fun little show. I liked it. And they kind of wrap it up so you're not totally left hanging at the end of that going, well, now what? Was it so. aliens? Is that the answer? No. I'm not going to spoil the ending and say okay. <laughs> what happened. But it, sometimes when I watch shows like that, I'm worried that they're never going to tell me where or why or what happened and they i don't know that they really said why but they kind of explained what happened so okay yeah hmm. all right well that wraps us up it does all right love you mom love you bud bye bye hey friends Thank you for supporting our podcast. Please share our show with your brutal and bizarre friends. Give us a boozy follow on your favorite podcast platform. If you're feeling extra generous, we'd appreciate a five-star rating or review as well. But maybe do that sober so all the letters are in the right place. You can find all our contact information in the show notes. We love hearing from you, and if you're interested in helping us stock the bar for our future boozy episodes, you can find our Patreon link in the show notes as well.